0: Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss nutrition signs of gum health, a medical device for eye and mouth disease, and children's mental health efforts. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 71 for the week of February 8th. I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And I'm Alex Ross.
0: Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is Y93.J4, activity, winds, and brass instrument playing.
1: Hmm, interestingly enough, this happened to me this week. Oh, yes? Yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually played French horn in high school. Mm. and uh, I was first chair, which meant uh sort of like a teacher's pet position that's that's basically what that yeah, means
0: sounds about right sounds um, about right
1: each year when they have their annual winter parade, they mm-hmm. ask the alumni to come back and and join the high school team for it and of course, I do it every year um but this year, for some reason, well, I know why usually it's indoors because winter but with the pandemic they're like "Now we're gonna just do it like a normal parade and we'll have it outdoors um so you know here we are marching down the middle of main street with our metal instruments and it's like 10 degrees outside Mm -hmm. uh so it was great when i was playing the horn but the problem was when i stopped uh i i couldn't put it back down because it had frozen to my face Oh,
0: perfect. That like, sounds nice. Like uh,
1: that scene from the Christmas story. Oh, yes. Except with a, a French horn, which, interestingly oh. enough, are kind of heavy. So here I am just supporting When they say winds recordings.
0: and brass instrument playing, do they mean woodwinds or just winds?
1: Well, winds could uh, could include woodwinds. Like are there any other winds other than winds woodwinds? Like, yeah, like flutes aren't technically woodwinds they are. Uh, I think
0: if you look up woodwind flute ends up being in that category, Alex. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, see, but where's the wood on a flute? Riddle me that. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And with that, let's get right into the news. First up, we have overall health impacts oral health. Current advice from the American Dental Association tells you that if your gums bleed, you need to make sure you're brushing and flossing twice a day because it could be a sign of gingivitis. While this is sometimes true, It isn't always the reason for bleeding gums. A new University of Washington study suggests that you should always check your vitamin C intake. The results showed that bleeding of the gums upon gentle probing and also retinal bleeding were associated with low vitamin C levels in the bloodstream. Researchers found that increasing the daily intake of this nutrient in people with low vitamin C plasma levels helped to reverse the bleeding issues.
1: Interesting. I'm going to print out a copy of this article and take it to my dentist the next time I go. Yeah. So that as he uh, takes his metal scraper and rips my gums open and then <laughs> says, you probably need to brush more. Your gums are bleeding. Uh, I can yeah, dentist make your, your gums
0: bleed and then they're like, hey, this is your fault, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just whip out a copy of this article. Clearly starter. you're
0: doing something wrong because your gums should be plated with steel.
1: Yeah, (laughs) be like, uh, excuse me, sir. University of Washington has called. They want their outdated advice back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Don't get
1: me wrong. Gingivitis could absolutely be the cause of bleeding gums. I'm not suggesting that this completely eliminates that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those things like maybe I should just try some vitamins.
0: I thought, you know, I just thought it was like a genetic thing where it's like I have sensitive gums. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You can just chalk it up as like, you know, I have sensitive skin or, you know, I have sensitive gums. I feel like that's in the same category. I didn't know that this required a study for that. But, you know, it's interesting regardless.
1: I assume that there is a big component of that in your your gum health. It goes back is, to I mean,
0: Punnett you're... squares, Alex.
1: <laughs> what do you think uh, sensitive gums are? Is that a recessive or a dominant trait?
0: Uh, it's clearly recessive.
1: Got it. Okay. So that means both my parents must have sensitive gums. <laughs> Here I am just sharing their private health information. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't know either way. Next up, newest facial product for your health. A new kind of wearable health device could deliver real-time medical data to those with eye or mouth diseases. It would also administer medicine with a microneedle through the skin around the eye, mouth, or tongue. The device collects substances of biofluids, such as tears and saliva, and these can be analyzed for certain conditions on a rapid, continuous basis, rather than waiting for lab results. The sensors would be placed near the tear duct or mouth to collect samples, which would then produce data viewable on the user's smartphone or sent to their doctor. It could help manage diseases like oral ulcers, oral cancer, and oral or eye infections. This device would need to be discreet, soft, and comfortable for a patient to agree to wear it, so researchers are working with prototypes and talking with manufacturers. Could you imagine? It's a little cry box that catches your tears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little nanobots that go on your face and just collect the tears in the buckets. Uh,
1: that's actually a great idea. It could be hidden like behind your ear, and then mm-hmm. when it detects something, it needs to collect. A little little like spider robot crawls Mm -hmm. out, grabs it and runs back in. (laughs) Could you imagine sitting at dinner with like your date and you, uh, you know, you take a bite and you get a little bit on like the corner of your mouth and the robot detects it. (laughs) It just crawls out and and runs away. (laughs) I have a feeling that you would not be getting a second. This
0: is the future of health is (laughs) nanobots that collect biofluids.
1: Right. How much can you really learn from tears? I don't know. All I know is that uh tears of my enemies have been sustaining me for years. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm motivated by the tears of my enemies.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but if these if they, you know, if they get this, then they probably won't you won't ever know that they have tears cuz they'll be collected. Right. So what will f- fuel you then, Alex?
1: Well, obviously they'll just need to produce more tears because Mm. this device can't collect them all. Yes.
0: There has to be a limit. So (laughs) next up efforts for national children's mental health week. This past week was national children's mental health week. The national Alliance on mental illness offered activities for children and parents to help improve youth mental health. These activities included daily readings of children's books and an art contest. There were also informational programs such as mental health and wellness topics for teens and a parent education night for children's anxiety.
1: Are these their typical activities or do you think this? Is yeah, that's what I was
0: kind of thinking. It's like I, I feel like usually, I mean, good parents read children's books, but maybe that's the problem is children's mental health stems from the parents largely. So they're trying to encourage yeah. that through reading, doing, you know, regular parent children things.
1: Right. In my mind, when I think of things that have a positive mental health impact on myself, even as a kid, a lot of that came down to, like, getting outside or going to see things and, and exploring and learning. And while reading certainly had a, a positive effect on my childhood, it it's I really hope that this is a this year kind of thing. That they're suggesting basically. Here's your activities reading. That, that's it.
0: Well, you know, it might just be the start of something, too. I also think every week, I mean, and the reason why this exists and the reason why this happens is largely because of social media. But every week, it's like some sort of week. And then in those weeks, there's days that are like, Happy National Corn on the Cob Day. It's like, What the heck?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Granted, National Children's Mental Health Week is a little bit more important than like something like a National Corn of the Cob day. But, I mean, sometimes I feel like it's just it, it's spreading people too thin. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. for when they start breaking it down by the hour. And they're like, this is the hour for light bulbs. Right. <laughs> so, get ready.
1: I'm looking over what's left in this this week of activities and and i will say that there are other things than reading so don't get me wrong there they have like seminars for parents to learn about things like childhood anxiety right mm-hmm. these are all super beneficial and wonderful from a child centric side i i just hope that the the kind of the singular activity that they've chosen, I guess they have other ones as well, um, is really a necessity of the times. Now, they did have uh, art contests and, and whatnot. It seems that they held all of these via Zoom meeting, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool, actually. Uh, I could see just the the connecting with other people via Zoom meeting other than your school might be beneficial in and of itself. So,
0: Right. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B R E A C H Breach Patrol.
1: It's a breach.
0: All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the biggest, the latest breaches all across the world.
1: First up, gloomy days for kids in the Sunshine State. Florida residents who were enrolled or applied for coverage from a children's health insurance program between 2013 and 2020 may be victims of a cyber attack. Florida Health Kids said that their vendor, Jellybean Communications Design, experienced a cybersecurity incident. The company hosted the Florida KidCare website at the time of the incident, which involved personal data of online applicants and enrollees. Florida Health Kids has no confirmation at this time that anyone's personal information was removed from the system. Potentially exposed information could include full names, birth dates, email addresses, phone numbers, physical and mailing addresses, social security numbers, financial information, family relationships of those on the application, and secondary insurance information. That's, that's everything. That's a identity yeah, theft toolkit. everything over
0: the course of seven years. <laughs> Yikes.
1: That is arguably one of the biggest breaches that we've read about.
0: Yeah, other than the blackbod one that affected, like, every company under the sun. Right, right.
1: <laughs> but, like, a uh, breach that applies specifically to the general public. Like, yeah. The, the Blackbaud one, yes, it affected the general public, but it was more so uh, affecting a company that affects companies. Whereas, as this one was direct, it, it was one level down from that, and it was big.
0: Yeah, it's a very big breach, and it sucks because it affects children, so... Right. Hopefully, you know, I don't think that jelly bean communication designs can offer uh, these children identity protection services free for one year because I don't imagine that they know how to do that. So (laughs) I don't (laughs) know what they're going to do as a remediation for this, but it's not going to be good.
1: Yeah, that can you imagine at this point? You've already been exposed, and, and you're not even old enough to use your own identity to do You don't things. even know like, what your identity gonna, is.
0: You're still right. learning your birthday.
1: Right. You're going to turn 18, go apply for a credit card, and they're going to say, sorry, you already have too many credit cards. You're like, but yeah, today is my 18th birthday. <laughs> How? Hopefully that doesn't happen, though. It, it, they've got it under control now, I assume. Uh, but that mm-hmm. is really everything. I mean, it's a identity theft toolkit.
0: Right. Next up, store thieves prefer your data, not your products. US Cellular reported that it was hit by a data breach after retail employees were tricked into downloading software onto a store computer. The program gave hackers remote access to the computer and to the customer relationship management software, aka a CRM, Hackers could then see the names, addresses, billing details, and more information from U.S. Cellular. Social security numbers and credit card details were masked by the CRM system and not accessible by the hackers. U.S. Cellular said that the company removed the affected computer from the store. It also reset all employee credentials in that store as well. And customer login details were changed, including their PIN number and security question. Customers are asked to contact U.S. Cellular to set up new details for their accounts.
1: Oh, this one is painful. However, it highlights uh some of the important reasons why in order to be PCI compliant, for example, you have to have your your credit cards stored in a way that even you can't access them. Yeah. Right? Because if this system was not PCI compliant, if it was just storing credit card numbers open for anyone to see, they would have been stolen. Right. right or even social security numbers, right? So that tells you why, like, oh, but I've got a secure system, and I'm the only one who uses it. So why do I need to implement any kind of security features? Because this kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. And and all it takes is one malicious actor who gets lucky and happens to talk to the right employee who is just, just slow enough that they don't quite understand it's a, it's a scam. And bam, they're in, and now they've got that data.
0: Scam, bam, they're in.
1: Scam, bam, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. I'll be taking that credit card. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Scam, bam, thank you, ma'am, I'm in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, this I... isn't necessarily a new thing, right? A lot new of uh, like ransomware attacks could be traced back to like an email. Someone mm-hmm. sent an email and said, hey, I need you to review this chart real quick. And they click it and they open it up and it opens up the virus which encrypts everything and and that's how it, the attack starts. Usually, well, I don't want to say usually because we still see attacks like that happening constantly, but you know, those really simple attacks are getting less and less common, thankfully. Um, right. But this still goes to show that really simple attacks, you know, having them download a software, it happens. It in still fact, works you don't even need to download a software to do what they did here, right? Right. There are programs that will work in a browser. And as long as you are logged into that computer, when you start the program, then you can do this anytime, right? You can set that connection Mm -hmm. up to return at any time. So you got to be careful. Don't be giving people access to your computer.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: I say that I use a software similar to what this might have done for my home computer. So the, the way I have it set up, I have a really powerful desktop, but obviously I can't take that places. It's too big and bulky. And then I have a really budget Chromebook, and I just open up Chrome Remote Desktop. And as long as I've gotten a, a Wi-Fi connection, I can connect back to my home computer as if I'm using my home computer. Mm. And it's great. You know, it allows me to take like Photoshop on the go with all of the power of a desktop computer. But I just say that to show you how simple it is for someone to control your computer from their computer. All they got to do is have you hit OK on the little box that pops up that says, would you like to connect to this computer, right? That's all they got to get you to do. So be careful. That's, That's one of those things that we should probably be educating employees on because it's a newer style of scam using technology to take control under the guise of, of, I don't know, tech support or something like that. Next up, high IQ doesn't mean smarter security. The British Mensa, a members club for those with an IQ of 148 and above, suffered a cyber attack on its website. The site had been accessed using the credentials of one of the organization's directors. This comes after two directors quit their roles due to their concerns that Mensa wasn't hashing members' passwords. The group has around 18,000 members, and the breach forced the website offline. Mensa holds data such as IQ scores of members and failed applicants, instant messaging conversations, payment card numbers, passwords, email details, and home addresses
0: the irony of this story is kind of hilarious
1: <laughs> it really doesn't look like a, a hack though right For, at the base level it just looks like one of the directors quit and then ma- did a breach purposely yeah, this is to prove like see because, i told you
0: yeah it's mensa or people who have scored in the 98th percentile on an iq test so, you know, they're the smart of the smart. They're someone where if, if, if they got this high score, they would tell you in a conversation the first time you meet them. Like, that's the type of person I they imagine. They are the kind of people that I,
1: they don't typically show up to my dinner parties. We'll put it that way. Yeah, they're not
0: shopping at, you know, Aldi.
1: <laughs> hey, what do you have against Aldi?
0: I don't have anything against Aldi. What I'm just saying Aldi? they just, you know, they probably think they're better than Aldi.
1: That, that's a smart choice, though.
0: That's true. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Maybe I'm wrong,
1: not but sponsored.
0: it is. It is. You know, it's just ironic. The irony, and this is funny, even though it's not necessarily a breach. Breach. It's more like a disgruntled employee, which goes back. Well, to we don't know that before.
1: It could but, have been a breach that just coincidentally happened.
0: Yeah. Right? What if? What if it was someone with a lower IQ who pretended that he had a high IQ? Like, what if? What if the British Mensa? the only hires people that are a part of the same kind of group of IQ scores. Right. And this guy conned himself into it just to get back at them.
1: I was thinking I that think, maybe there was somebody who saw that the directors had quit. And yeah. so they called them and they like, Hey, give me your password real quick. And they logged in so they could change their own score. So they could get in. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: I don't know, I feel like that could be like this kind of thing could be like a movie script. It's just kind of ridiculous. And I feel like it would it would it would make an entertaining movie. I'd watch it.
1: (laughs) They're like, dang it, I got an IQ of one forty five, (laughs) darn (laughs) it. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. And I'm at MoneyPenny. We will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.